There is a point, I think, to this story. Maybe not. We'll see. Shadow IT going Shadow. on. Oh. oh no! One more time. One more time. Shadow. Shadow. Talk. Talk AI, right? Let's talk about AI, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the bad things, all the good things that may be. Let's talk about AI. A robot uh, that you can chat. A chatbot. Oh, chatbots. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you need AI within five years, or you'll be you'll be gone if you don't adopt AI. But it's completely madness. Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Data podcast, powered by Proact, a podcast series where we discuss everything enterprise IT with experts and gurus from all over the world. In today's episode, we'll be talking about AI with the CTO of Proact, Parisedin, and the AI guru at NetApp, Jack Watts. You'll hear us discuss what AI is, if you really need AI in your organization, and if you do, how to get started on a budget. I'm your host, Nicholas Mancios from Proact, and welcome to the show. So, uh, Jack, when are the Terminators coming? Well, according to the films, very soon. Cool. Cool. But we're not living in a film, right? We're not, no. Um, I saw a funny comment the other day about, you know, you know Black Mirror. Um, yeah. Thanks to Charlie Booker for playing out season six in 2020. And we're living it as opposed to actually watching it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Black Mirror is a fantastic representation of, uh, of the sci-fi sort of exploded, right? And uh, right. I really love that. Yeah. Uh, that is cool. Um, I think that's, you know, the sci-fi parts of uh, when people think of AI, it's always the sci-fi parts. But in, uh, you know, Terminator and uh, and uh, all the different cool movies that are out there. Uh, but when it comes to our types of, you know, our type of business, I hear all the time that we you need AI within five years. If you don't adapt AI within five years, you, you know, you could just stop your doing your business. Uh, right. is that is that true uh, for everyone or is there an AI hype? Does everybody have to join jump the you know on the train? Well, can I just say one thing? It's not cloud. <laughs> uh, it's being done in the cloud, but it's not cloud, right? Um, when it comes to AI hype, I think there is a lot of companies out there that are taking traditional machine learning uh, traditional, you know, support vector machines, handcrafted stuff, and bad badging that as AI. Right. Whilst it is AI in a kind of general term, the real AI I see is where we're actually training machines to understand from a perceptual point of view. It, computer vision is the easiest one, right? You know, teaching a machine what a cat or a dog looks like. Uh, what a person looks like, what a person of a specific ethnicity looks like. That is very easy to do nowadays. But then it's what's the action afterwards, I think, also. The automation there is, is where it really comes in. That, to me, is AI. Um, uh, but, you know, I love people trying to convince me otherwise. Yeah, exactly. So so AI, some form of intelligence, com you know, built together with automation, you see? Yes. Okay. 
All right, that's well, that's but cool. It, uh, isn't there kind of a paradox? Because uh, you know, it, it it is. I wouldn't say it's the flavor of the month, but I mean, it it's to Jack's point. You know, it was a few years back. It was cloud. You know, if, if you don't have a cloud strategy, you you would be dead as a business. Right. Now it's kind of AI. It, it might be something else next year. Um, but I mean, th- there is always you know a grain of truth in here. You know, but but I guess we as an industry, you know, we like to make things happen now you know we, we get people excited and and maybe can increase the urgency but there, there are absolutely things in ai that we are we already see happening and i think there is kind of a paradox here because if you look at you know some of the tools you're using every day you know it could be your you know digital assistant like like siri or, or alexa you know uh, and some of the search algorithms that we don't even think about you know they have super advanced algorithms by written by the cleverest people probably in the world and and we don't even think about it then we say you know it, then we okay then we go to your business and suddenly you have to adopt you know ai in your specific line of business and and you might feel it's super advanced on some of the things that you have on, on your fingertips, you know, on your phones, you know, and, and you might feel that you, you're way behind uh, right. in, in your own business, you know, and, and, and maybe you are and maybe you're not. I, I guess it depends, but we are certainly creating this sense of urgency. If you don't do it now, you're going to be dead in a few years as, as a business, an organization, whatever you are. Exactly. And, and I'm, that, there, there might be always some grace and truth, but I mean, it, it's never that radical. Change is never that radical usually. But absolutely, there, there are pioneers. And, and, and I see a lot of customers are, of course, everyone is interested. And, yeah. and a few of them are actually doing this already, but not everyone. So, so if you haven't done it here and now, you're not, you're not that, that far behind everyone else. But you should pay attention, I think. Exactly. I think, I mean, uh, what's interesting, you're mentioning all these uh, voice assistants and stuff like that, that, you know, most people have available, might not be using, but everybody has a phone, a smartphone today, and you have some form of voice assistant there. Uh, like, for, let me tell you an anecdote, uh, me using AI. Or if we can call uh, the assistants AI. Well, they are, obviously, <laughs> I guess. Of course. I'm not yeah. the AI expert. Yeah. So how they change our lives in a, you know, you know, as a consumer in the small, uh, in the small life, my, in my small life, uh, like a like private person. So I was standing this summer, like a few weeks ago, I was standing doing the dishes. And I have uh, some multi-room speakers that I can control from my phone. And um, I wanted to hear a specific song, so uh, I started. I was, you know, I started to reach for my pocket. But before I did that, I realized, hey, I have like wet and dirty hands, and so I have another speaker, which with a Google Assistant on it, and uh, I just asked that for that song, and it started playing instantly. And then it hit me that that was the first time. Because we had we've had the all these different speakers for a long time, but that was the first time where I became too lazy to reach for my phone. It wasn't just because I had like dirty hands or wet hands. I was too lazy to reach for my phone, open the app, find the song, <laughs> search for the song, go to my playlist, choose the speakers, <laughs> just to ask the speaker, yeah. and uh, and it hit me like, damn. Uh, I've finally adopted this, you know, voice uh, controlling stuff. Mm, mm. Uh, it it should be that you know, um, you you shouldn't even notice. I mean, it's it's exactly. like 
it's like on your iPhone, you know, when, when they took away, you know, the the uh, you know the, the round button there, you know, the screening of, right. of your fingerprints, and, yeah. and they went to this face recognition with yeah. AI algorithms, you know. And I, and I was really upset because I, thought, I loved the way, you know, it, it worked with the old iPhones. And I said, oh, I'm not sure that's going to work. And a little bit, you know, grumpy CTO will say, oh, I'm not sure it's going to work. You know, I use it hundreds of times a day and it never fails. You know, it, it's amazing how, you know, it, it's a technology super advanced. and You don't even notice it. That's that's what I really like about it. And, and I think your experience is the same. It, it worked. Absolutely. You didn't even have to think about it. You just did what you wanted to do. I think that that is technology supporting your life in, in a really good way. Exactly. And, and so, I mean, in these cases, that, that's AI products that exist now that we use every day that we don't think too much about. But when it comes to enterprise adoption of AI, let's say you're a company, you as far as you know, you don't have any AI solutions. You might use third-party AI solutions, but Hey, all these uh, proactive uh, companies—they—they uh, <laughs> they tell you that you need to adopt AI within five years. So, what should I do? Where do I begin, or do I even need it? You know. If well, I'm yeah. I, I mean, that's the really interesting point that you raised there. Thank you, Proact, for raising fear within our customers around AI. <laughs> Um, because it certainly drives it drives conversations, and you, you say about um, ha- having having you know accessibility to smart speakers. Um, I I have a an Nvidia Shield which has Chromecast built in, Google Assistant built in on every single TV in my house, including the one in my office. I have smart speakers. I have both A L E X A and Google in. In most of my rooms as well, because I because I've been pulled into both ecosystems, right? And I love and I really love them. But you, you know, you're talking a lot around um, natural language, okay? So there's natural language processing and natural language understanding. So the processing element is taking voice, transcribing into text, understanding that, te- and then it that it goes to NLU when you're then understanding that text. What's the construct of the sentence? What is the person asking? Um, and then, you know, you're saying about asking a certain assistant to play you a song. You can get even lazier, right? Uh, so I hear my wife saying, play radio station from London in this this region and on this time, whatever. Um, when actually she could just say, play heart. <laughs> you know, and, and really shorten the sequence down. But that natural language understanding comes from, uh, you know, English mainly because we've got the big companies doing it, right? Um, and then you can say, all right, you know, you may have third party apl- uh, applications within your business that are leveraging an, a, an Amazon ecosystem, a Google ecosystem, hell, even a Microsoft ecosystem. You may have seen PowerPoint now if you're on Office 365, you can actually have it transcribe your voice as you're presenting, right? And you can record that and play it back. And, you know, it almost it's almost like a teaching element there. It's fantastic. Um, where it becomes more difficult is I'm speaking to two very good looking Swedish guys, right? And you guys have a fantastic English accent and you're actually really understandable. Um, when you come into the UK... Thank you. You're, you're so welcome. Are you talking about, are you talking about us? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Of course yeah. he is. I don't, I don't know. He said good looking. 
I know we're virtual, but I, I did I did use the term good looking. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> don't want to offend anyone's anyone out there that's actually watching this. Um, but certainly, you, you know, when it comes to dialect detection, right, switching on to the right model for the right dialect, for the right regionality of where you guys have come from, where you've learned English, whether you've learned English from watching English TV or American TV, you know, all of these substreams of dialects have to be detected instantaneously to switch on to an accurate model. Once that accurate model is found, then they can start doing the NLU, right, after the fact. You imagine a large global bank, right? Mm -hmm. They have hundreds of thousands of staff in various locations. They want to understand, you know, whether it's insider trading, fraud, uh, on in from an internal perspective, but then externally for their customers, when they ring up on the phone, oh, hello, I'd like to discuss mortgages today. As soon as they say the word mortgage, the, the person they're speaking to on the phone from the organization say, is presented with all the mortgage information. Then it's already understanded and fingerprinted that person's voice. A couple of security checks, they're done. Uh, you know, where is the phone location? What I, what what version of iOS is it using? Is right. it the same version of iOS it's, that's linked to their internet banking account on their app on their phone? You know, right. all yeah. of those things all happening in milliseconds. And then suddenly their mortgage renewal comes up. Oh, okay, yeah, I can offer you a mortgage renewal at 0.0002% because the Bank of England is screwed. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, wait, all of is that, that something that exists so quickly? Does that exist today? Is that is that a, anything a bank uses somewhere in it's the world? It's coming, yeah. And so certainly for, for English, it's, uh, well, as so far as I know in the UK, but again, this is, um, you know, they're looking at the, the phonemes of what mortgage is sounding like. So they basically ask everyone to say mortgage at the company into a microphone or whatever, and they record that, and then they know that, that that's what they can train the machine to say, this is what mortgage is like, or this is what insurance is like, this is what loan is like, whatever. Um, but that, then they, they will start creating rules and start building up more and more. So that's the machine learning element. Right. But the deep learning element comes when you're transcribing the entire voice. And and that's what that that I would say is more in research stage today. But these experiments are now starting to scale. Um, and I think it's interesting to talk about that, that proof of concept phase that, that really has been done over the past five years. Right. You can imagine hundreds of thousands of thousands of experiments have been done. And it's some of those now are starting to uptick needing to scale into pilot-based programs before they can get deployed, man. Before mm -hmm. they can get deployed. But, you know, yeah, you've got but, it. it's, but it's, you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, we, we see all these, you know, cool things that you get on your, your on your phones. But, I mean, you know, translating that into, to, uh, you know, the corporate world, uh, it, it, I think I think it is harder and more complex than, than a lot of people think because, for good or for bad, you you have a history. I mean, you have a legacy. You've been around probably for a long time. You know, you 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 have an organization. You have applications. They've been tailor made over you know, over decades. You know, uh, versus you know something that's actually written from the ground up to serve this purpose. You know, mm -hmm. so, so so I think sometimes you know we 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 can realize well well maybe we are not that company because we have the history and that's also our strength. You know, so so I mean starting I mean someone like you know Spotify, a mm -hmm. Swedish example, started ten years ago by writing their application. You know, it is tailor made for what you're doing. You know, by very very clever people. 
But I mean, comparing that, you know, to a bank with, with probably 50 plus year old IT system, maybe still a mainframe still work. You know, suddenly you go into, the, you know, all of this, you know, yeah. you need to integrate the system. You need to talk to each other. You need to have a common data format that you can actually analyze. You know, so you get into these nitty gritty, maybe not so sexy computer stuff, you know, that, that you know, it, it, it is a bit abnormal. I mean, if you write something new from the ground up in a new way, you know, that's one thing. But if you have to take uh, into account your history and your, your systems going way, way back generations, you know, it, it's a very different world, you know, and, and, and maybe you might get disappointed that the starting is going to be really hard. Mm. Or, or maybe to Jack's point, maybe you find an area where you can get started saying yeah. maybe we cannot you know, do everything. I mean, maybe we cannot as a bank say, you know, you can renegotiate your interest rate or your mortgage, uh, you know, with, with a computer. Maybe you actually need to start with some simple things first to get something off the ground because otherwise you might end up in a very, very complex project. Because I think the key point for, for actually doing any type of AI is that you need to have a set of data to start right. working on. And if that data is not, let's say, workable or, or it's not possible to analyze, you get nowhere. And so, so sometimes, you know, you say these, these new companies, these startups, they have an unfair advantage. Maybe, maybe not, you know, but we are, we are where we are. And, 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 and I think you have to respect, you know, that, that you, you, are, you are sometimes, and maybe sometimes we and the analysts are comparing Apple to oranges. You know, you cannot draw the lines between the Googles and the Spotify to a bank, you know, they are fundamentally different, you know, you have to respect the differences and work with them because yeah. they're obviously strength in, in the history and the legacy as well. But you, you can't expect it to be completely digital, you know, and everything is working on one, you know, data set that is written from the ground up, you know, here and now, you know, that's not yeah. the way it looks like a monocle. Yeah. So you need that respect, you know, for, for that piece. Otherwise, I think it, it is. Not, maybe not as hard as you think, but it's absolutely not as easy as it sounds, is, is my feeling. Right. Like an example, uh, I feel like when a company is proud of or uh, tells the world that we've, we've started an AI project, it feels like it's always, almost always, uh, a matter of customer support on the web. You know, uh, a, a robot uh, that you can chat, a chatbot. Chatbots. Yeah. All right. So, Jack, you don't like chatbots. Let's chat about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, experience? It sounds like you have some bad experience on chatbots. Uh. Well, I mean, chatbots are fantastic. Don't get me wrong. You know, they can really help bridge the gap of that laziness that you may find um, when it comes to contacting an organization or mainly complaining to an organization about something that's gone wrong with a flight with a product you've received or whatever it is right mm -hmm. um but coming from where i worked at nvidia and you know we're talking about gpus and then the dgx systems and then clusters of dgx systems superpod um and now working for a data company right working at netapp um, and we're combining this fantastic pod like architecture uh, which we can talk about, of course, but chatbots are very thin on data and very thin on compute. So really, is that interesting? You know, unless you've got millions upon millions of people using it, 
it's not going to pay mine and your salaries, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why. Personally, I think chatbots, whilst they're interesting, there's so many companies doing them. There's so many companies with their own in, in, interpretation of how to deploy right. that, how to implement that within your web stream, within your app, and so on. That you know, organizations themselves. If you want to reinvent the wheel, fine. But you can easily go and buy a chatbot right now. No problem. Right. Okay. So, I, I, but I have an example with, which I've kind of found interesting because we, we had a seminar, you know, and, and, and this guy has been working. He used to work for this company uh, and they do a lot of, uh, you know, they, they do shipping uh, and both uh, people and, and uh, you know, goods deliveries ac- across the world. Uh, and, with uh, ships or, or like shipping? With, shipping? with ships, yes, huh. on, on, on freight ships. And um, he, uh, they started with a chatbot. Of course, <laughs> that was his project. And we went like, okay, kind of cool. It, it went from really bad to somewhat cool. However, the team, the, the team they created, and this, there is a point, I think, to this story. Maybe not. We'll see. The, the, but, but what happened, uh, I met, because he's, he left that company. And, and then I talked to one of his colleagues that was still with the companies and said, okay, so what, what do you think about this chatbot? And he went like, well, well, yeah. But however, the team that created this chatbot and the algorithms, they were on a new product right now that this guy was running. And that was actually a self-driving uh, freight ship. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, so they kind of got the experience, you know, they, they kind of under, started to understand it. They got a good team together. And so that was a starting point. And then to try to apply those that skill like, like a task force to other other problems yeah. said it's not really self-driving, a little bit like cars. You know, the, the freight ships are always going to be run by the captain. But it's going to be an AI assistant, you know, supporting the captain. You know, when it comes yeah. to you know, wave heights and and currents and and winds or whatever, you know, because the 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 objective is to take it uh, as as fuel efficient as possible from A to B. That was the whole objective of, of the project, you know. And they have a test freight ship running around the world right now. But instead, and and this might be a lesson for for the car industry, the captain is absolutely in command. Period. So yeah, it's the system. You're talking to the automotive companies or the insurance companies there. But that's an interesting example of a project that was a line of business said, we need to be able to deliver a chatbot for whatever reason, right? Um, and then it needs to, once whatever the actions are of that chatbot that then influence particular decisions that are made by the company or action, you know, this this freight order needs to go to this location or needs to go on this ship or we need to pack this container in this way or whatever it is, you know, that 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 is where it starts to become interesting. And then now that team that was incubated and now have the freedom, right, to now work on something much more glorious than than a than a than a. Shitty so, so, so may, may, maybe the maybe the the lesson there is is perhaps you know pick something that is doable, mm. make it mm. successful, and then think about the next things you can apply it to. And maybe you should not try to make your whole organization or company AI ready or enable or automated as a first step. Maybe there is a little bit of slicing the elephant type of thinking here. Yeah. Do something that is that is tangible. Be successful. Take the next one. Take the next one. All right. Yeah. Well, it sounds uh, reasonable, right? But I mean, when you found your project and your pilot project, and uh, uh, you're ready to go mentally, 
it feels like you get you you know you need some expertise you need to find the people you need to invest money and you need infrastructure and uh, a lot of things to get this going uh, normally or or am i wrong here uh, sounds expensive kind of yeah and and that's that that's where everything kind of comes in and you know i am so fortunate and you know i really do count myself really lucky that i started at nvidia when the share price was $19, I might add. Uh, but So you're just working for NetApp for fun. You don't need the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, I sold out a little bit earlier than where it is today at like 500 right? <laughs> so indeed. Um, but last week, I've heard your share, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially again, you know, the RTX 3000 series has just been announced and some of the RTX... Uh, AI stuff they've baked into some of their game streaming stuff. I mean, it's, it's incredible. But I was so lucky to start NVIDIA at that time when people were really starting to use and aggressively use GPU, right? So they were selling consumer cards out of the wazoo um, and really sort of starting to explode. And then, you know, they created the DGX and all that kind of stuff. So I've kind of come through all of that. Um, and, you know, what's also interesting is that all the hyperscalers, right, are GPU enabled as, as well. Um, it might have taken Amazon to go, uh, I mean, they, they started on a Kepler generation GPU, which is like 2014, maybe. And they stayed on that generation until Volta, which I think was three generations after, because they really wanted to sweat those GPU assets that they had. Um, but let's just say POCs start either on a gaming PC, on a Mac that's got a GPU in it, or it's just a CPU in it, if it's really light chatbot type data, um, or, you know, a server in a broom cupboard somewhere, right? That's where those POCs start. That's where those experiments start. They'll work on very relatively small data sets. They'll start bare metal Linux and build up to their framework. Um, and then do you know what happens? They, they Yeah, they, either some of these experiments are just, I can't either fit the data properly, like, you know, they were saying the data problem earlier, or I'm at a bank and I have to use synthetic data. I can't use customer data, right? So I only get a certain degree of accuracy. And then, so the line of business is saying, oh, so you've run these 10 experiments. How many of them kind of worked? Uh, you know, how many of them have actually got any results to show me? Uh, 0.5, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, you know, you go, right, okay, I've got half of an experiment now that I can, this is an, is an individual data scientist or a data science team. I can now take that into pilot. So I need now a 10x size data set to run this model on. Right. Now, because I've got a 10x size data set, I need to now fit that on a GPU. And it might be that I need a cluster of GPUs or I might need to, you know, provision several GPU instances on AWS. Hey, that's when it starts getting expensive. You know, a single GPU instance, 24 hours a day, or even I think it was actually 10 hours a day I worked out over a whole year is something stupid like 40,000 bucks, right? And you think, right, okay, gee, you know, that's a lot of Titan cards or that's a lot of RTX 3090s for you guys that are latest and all up to, up to date with the NVIDIA news. But the, the interesting piece there is that they then have this problem where, crap, where, where do I go with this? You know, where, where do, do I use cloud? Do I try and see if Proact have any expertise on this? Do I go to my normal traditional vendor who might be just supplying on behalf of another vendor that have no expertise whatsoever, you know, because we've come from, you know, we, 
with the greatest of respect, a lot of these companies that are that are you know in the AI realm today have been traditional box shifters in the past, right? And they've and they've actually defined and built their businesses and you know increased their revenue, increased their profit ability by adding value, right? And that's where you know talking to an organization organization like yourselves that know a bit about where to go with the AI strategy and a bit more about right who do we talk to, who do we need to loop in that's when things start to get really interesting because those data scientists now have a problem that you know they've built that 0.5 model that now needs to go into production in a sense of training on a much larger data set when that comes to training on a much larger data set their framework that they originally built might not work right so they might have to then port that model over to a new framework container maybe if they're using nvidia gpu cloud and then they have to provision that they have to think about machine learning revisioning. And then this whole AI ops cycle comes in. Because, you know, if you're going to deploy something into production after going through all alpha beta testing, regression testing, it's got to the point where now you're talking to the enterprise apps guys and they're going, you want to do what? <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> and and then it, then, it, then it sort of starts to come, right, how do I now actually get this into production? But going all the way back, how do you then define bias? How do you get explainability? And there's so much around it. Um, organizations need help. Right. That is it. That is the uh, but it, it is funny. I have an anecdote. You know, uh, we had we had a joint seminar, you know, uh, ProAct and NetApp was sponsoring a seminar. We, we actually had a... a a paid speaker, and, and he, in this case, had been a CDO uh, at the company, doing a couple of successful projects, early pilot kind of projects, in his presentation. And this is kind of an interesting mindset. You know, he's, he said, you know, infrastructure is not the problem in, in, in AI project. It is infinite and it's free. And we were going, <laughs> we sit in the audience, and we were going like, and we didn't say anything, uh, but thinking, Quantify that for me a bit, <laughs> because I mean, a few years back, you know, people said, you know, the public cloud, you know, it, it's so flexible and it's it's almost free. It wasn't. <laughs> you, you always pay for what you use, you know. And I mean, so so this kind of, you know, this this, um, and and I, I mean, we we are of course nerdy on on infrastructure. And we think that that that's relevant. It makes sense, and that there is there is a reason why why we think a shared enterprise infrastructure, you know, with that you actually can control your data or, or share or to protect your data is important. But, but you know, the other side, it, it is just infrastructure, you know, it, it doesn't cost anything. It's, it's kind of free and infinite, you know. I, I, it, it, the, these two worlds have, have to meet somewhere because otherwise you, you're going to have, have some friction because you're going to have the IT ops people in your organization as a data scientist going, uh, no, it's not infinite and it's not free. And we, by the way, we have data policies and, and compliance rules, you know, so, yeah. you know, oh, and you don't have that either, you know, so, so that, that might be kind of a lose-lose type of discussion here if you're not careful. But I, but I think, and, and also kind of beginning of the question, I mean, it, it is, I mean, if you, if you want to make an investment and you, and you really have to have a business case saying it's going to be payoff. Uh, right away, it's 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 a bit like you know my my job in Proact. You know, I, I try to come up with to get a bit of customers and my colleagues come up with ideas. You know, new things, 
Uh, and and a few years back, you know, I had, I had a CEO, not a current CEO. He's a really nice guy, and by the way, my boss. But but he he, he <laughs> this previous CEO, yeah yeah, he brought this previous Black. CEO way back, you know, he said to me, "But I love what you're doing on innovation, you know. But I am expecting that every innovation product is successful and profitable." And I went for my second meeting when he started, new CEO, and I go like. Okay, I probably I probably need to tell him the truth, you know. I I, I, said, I, I, I can I told him, you know, I can absolutely guarantee you that it's not going to happen, because if you want me to be successful in every product, we're going to be the last ones in the market when it's proven already existing, you know. So if you want us to be lost, perhaps, but you want us to be early, we're going to fail. We're going to learn, we're going to change, and we're going to fail, you know. So, so I think the experimentation, innovation phase, you, know, you, you, you need to leave it alone a little bit as, as a manager, you know. You, you, you need to have people tinker and, and, you know, play around a little bit and, and come up with ideas and be creative. There, there, is, there is a place for taking it into the real world and, and, and try to make a business or improve your business with it. And and it, it is hard, you know. Everyone is always trying to kill your darlings, aren't they? You know, the new things, the new ideas that are popping up. You know, everyone goes, I'm gonna kill them. So, so you need to. But at, at the other hand, they, they can't be completely disconnected from the real world. There, there is going to be someone. There is going to be a bean counter sooner or later. That's going to see some type of ROI on the project. You know, so you need you need to find this balance between playing, experimenting, and the bean counters. You know, they, they are both needed. You, know, you just need to find a balance, which mm. is hard. Right, so you need like a, like a, um, a like a line in your budget called tinkering or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, hey guys, it, it, br break shit and, and try to come up with something new. Oh shit, budget I, line. I, I, absolutely, and and that's you know trying to define how you're going to get ROI from experiments is just it's impossible, right? Until you can get to a point where you you can actually start costing this stuff up when it's going into production you don't necessarily recognize the impact of the technology but you just know that it's going to be it's going to do something it's going to give you differentiation in the market it's going to get you your products out earlier it's going to help you retain customers whatever it is right um it, it, it's what's important to you as the organization right you know what 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 does the ceo see and and what does what what do the, what does he then want to direct down through line of business, whether it's in marketing, whether it's in operations, logistics, you know, wherever that 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 starts that starts to fall, it then starts to fall on the data scientists and those guys to then start creating software that's then yeah. actually writing software, you know, <laughs> to then integrate with some other software, you know, it, it's 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 it's. Flipping mental is what it is. Right. Well, that was, <laughs> that's true. That's true. So what we're saying, what, what we're trying to get people to do is, is a com it's complete madness. Yeah. It's a total yeah. mind. Oh, that's, that's a good summary. So you need AI. Within five years, or you'll, be, you'll be gone if you don't adopt AI. But it's completely madness. Yeah. <laughs> and don't include this, but it's a total mind. <laughs> I, I, I added some of this uh, if needed, you know, but I'm sure they're going to do it unfiltered. They're live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and man. we're live, guys. We're and live. we're live. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this has been really so, fun. Uh, I mean, and, also, and also, I think, you know, um, I think this is one of the areas where, where 
you know, you, 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 you probably have some ideas, you know, because, I mean, a data scientist cannot only understand technology. They certainly have to understand, I mean, your business, the market you're in, you know, I guess you need to have some type of understanding on, on what the company is actually doing, organization is actually doing. So, so, but I think, I think it, it might spin off into something completely different than where you actually intended to go initially. And that's kind of cool, is it? A bit scary, of course. Yeah, and we've absolutely seen that. And, you know, the organizations that we've actually delivered to, we've organized and we've we've done proof of concepts with, every organization has been really welcome and really warm to any kind of advice they can get around this whole journey. Because if you think about it, these organizations are very insular, right? Unless they talk to other organizations within their industry, if that ever happens, you know, from a competitive standpoint, probably not. But, you know, when it comes to those organizations, we as as NetApp, you know, NVIDIA, as you guys, you know, they're coming to us for advice at the end of the day. What What is my competition doing? You know, or, or what, what is this? What are these guys doing? Have you heard about this? You know, all of those kind of conversations are incredible. And I, I really welcome anyone to contact us um, and and talk talk AI right. Let's talk about AI, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the bad things, all the good things that may be. Let's talk about AI. Yeah, there you go. There's your feature. That's almost, <laughs> uh, I guess. And that's going to be a viral, you know, a tech a techno version <sighs> of that later. Oh yeah, someone auto tune that for me, please. <laughs> and deep fake it onto Justin Bieber or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. So if I'm an IT manager, I'm thinking about shit. What is my competition doing? Uh, I'm intrigued by the AI conversations I'm hearing or this podcast or, or anything. Um, I should start talking to the vendors that do AI, like NetApp, NVIDIA, ProAct, uh, to see where where to start, actually, in my case. Is, is that is that great? Well, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Know, there are kind of two as one is, of course, we talked about, you know, your, you know, let's call it corporate data. It certainly can be the public sector. I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I think the health sector, I think mm. is probably one of the hugest opportunities, most exciting opportunities. Absolutely. Most, most societal impact of AI is, is healthcare, 100%. Yeah, you, you can talk about the dark side, but this is an extremely positive side. I think we are scratching the surface there, you know, so it's going to be really cool. You know, this, you know, the smartwatches pair saying, you know, pair, you've been sitting too long, you know, you're getting fatter, you know, and then you need to get going. You know, that's just the start. This is the crude starting point, but it, at least it's something, you know. But but so one thing is, of course, you, you, you take your, let's call it your data, you know, on your applications and, and you do something. That, that's one aspect. But also you, you're going to be a little bit like we talked about in, in the beginning, you know, your your you know, digital assistants, you know, you, you're going to be having better tools. If you talk about IT, you're going to be have better tools that actually have these AI smart algorithms built into the background, you know, in, in controllers of infrastructure, you know, in your management software layers, you know. So so you, you're actually going to be utilizing, you know, powerful AI tools that, that not necessarily be that you analyze your own data, but you, you have a better, more efficient 
operation by that, or you have higher uptime or faster time to resolution. So there, are, so so it's kind of it's kind of also you, you're going to have smarter tools, you know, that 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 you need to to start thinking about as well. And and absolutely not the opposite. You know, I think there's a big need for kind of uh, make them them smarter, you know, because you're going to do more with less people. You're going to have people working from home, I think, for for a long time or or forever. So it's going to be harder than ever to manage all of this. So I think as an IT manager, it, it is about being part of these innovation projects, I think it's super important that you're part of the innovation project. Yeah. Talking yeah. to the data scientists, you're talking to the developers, but also yeah. look at, at your own. I mean, could could you have a, okay, don't throw up now, Jack, but could you have a chatbot for your internal IT support? Maybe, maybe not. Or could you put tool sets you know, in the hands of your, your, your organization that's going to make you more efficient? So perhaps you can focus even more on innovation products. So there are kind of different aspects of that one. But we all talk about, you know, your uniqueness in the market. We talk about your unique data. And of course, that might be the most exciting one conceptually, I think, for your business people. But there is another aspect of AI that you actually start utilizing the tools that is being provided to you from, from, from us and, and, our, and other technology partners. For me, it's all about, um, you know, IT organization, IT departments within organizations, they've got to realize that there's either some elements of shadow IT going on to develop and, you know, produce these concepts that these data shadow scientists IT. are working on say no to shadow it and i, I, I that was that was slick dude that's that not slick. for you or me uh, actually actually <laughs> i i've had i had a, a friend of mine working for a large very one of the larger organizations in sweden and they re- renamed it from shadow it to business it it's exactly the same thing they are bypassing it because they're too slow or too to whatever yeah, yeah. But they call it business IP because it's done by the business. Therefore, yeah, that's interesting. Be wrong, can it? Or maybe it can. Yeah. But sorry, guys. No, that that's interesting. Very, and I think that's a really good concept to do because it changes the mindset uh, of that. Uh, but certainly, you know, then, then you sort of think, right? I'm the IT manager. These guys are buying stuff that I should be managing for them. And then you go and ask them, you know, what software it's got on it. And they say to you, oh, it's got Kubernetes, Kubeflow, combination of Docker containers. Uh, I'm using frameworks from NVIDIA and blah, blah, blah. IT manager is just going to go back under his rock, right? You know, he's and, just going to open, open source with no with community yeah, support. Yeah, no. Absolutely. And, that, and the IT manager goes, no. Yeah, game exactly. Game over. But then, you know, because it's not Citrix, it's not VMware, it's not Microsoft HDS, whatever it is, you know. And so... Organizations within, uh, so IT itself needs to understand that they are going to be delivering or at least provisioning some element of resource for these teams at some point, right? Because that, that, that business IT will then start to become general IT because that business IT is hugely costly, right? And you've already got this IT department that knows how to get the lowest cost per VM or whatever it is. So how do we help those guys understand that you need really strong compute, really strong storage, great networking, deliver that as a pod with some automation in there so that you can then, as a, from an AI ops perspective, provision a GPU with some data set at a bandwidth limitation, at a number of GPU limitation, whatever it is, to a data scientist, to a team based on LDAP credentials and so on, right? Like and sell that, it and sell it you can you can to, sell it within yeah. the within the organization yeah 
and to, to the you know, financial and, uh, department or whatever. Yeah. And to that to that point, anecdotally, a financial customer of ours, the largest deployment we've got um, is a company in Russia. And it was actually a bank that decided to um, create their own internal private AI cloud. And the decision came about when they, they, they noticed that there was a lot of this business IT, shadow IT, going shadow. on. Oh, no, one more time. One more time. Shadow. Shadow. Yeah, I think I think Adam will have to do something with that. <laughs> Maybe business. Yeah, it, it's all about being a bit creepy. But go ahead. Yeah. So it, it, essentially, you know, they noticed that all of this was going on. They had several hundred users that were doing something on GPUs, right? Doing something in deep learning, machine learning, whatever, using frameworks from here, there, and everywhere. They basically sent out an email survey, uh, and we can talk about that to the length of the, the, the podcast itself. But And they decided, wow, okay, so let's give them the best tools. Let's give them the best software, the best resourcing that we can get them so that they can actually start delivering on these projects sooner. Okay? Hmm. Because if they can iterate, if they can throw, you know, basically throw all of their stuff on a wall, see what sticks and, and focus on the stuff that sticks, then they'll be more successful. So that then led to them buying a super pod. Ah, and that was you know, glorious. Obviously, NVIDIA had a big payday. We had a good payday. And, you know, they've now decided to actually conceptually build that together as, an, as a private cloud, split off a new organization um, and actually offer that resource out externally to uh-huh. then help resource it, re- to, to help research, to help other companies, to help their competition, maybe, you know, to, to leverage and, and build AI successful projects. Um, and then they realized these users that were coming to them were like, holy cow, this is so much power, I don't know how to use it. So they then built their own internal kind of consultancy practice, you know, and that consultancy practice now works on behalf of the bank and and behalf of their customers to help them leverage the system. And that is just, I was was on a a call recently about this and to talk about it a bit further um, and... Oh man! I, I, I literally, my heart was just, was just, it was growing. It was fantastic, and <laughs> it's really, really sad, isn't it? When you sort of come from a, a world of, you know, building PCs to building servers to building appliances to talking about cloud, talking about supercomputers and all that kind of stuff. You know, I do get on. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you guys, but it's a nerd. On, okay, yeah. not the, may not the best be ones. Okay. the best ones. You don't, right? you don't have to yeah. show us. I think we get the picture. I think to the same context. I, I was actually be, before this. This uh, we, we were sitting here chatting. I actually a meeting with an organization called AI Sweden, and I'm sure there are similar ones, you know, across Europe because they have connections across Europe as well. But the, it's actually, uh, uh, I guess, a collaboration uh, of uh, you know the private. Uh, sector a lot of the transportation because they've been early on in in Sweden the west mm-hmm. part of Sweden you know but also from other parts you know we have finance they have a lot of the research institutions universities uh, in there uh, some you know private public companies research they they have and what they're doing I mean that they're certainly meet they have lawyers in there so they are discussing in the legal implications of, of AI you know the law what can be done because there's still a lot of confusion I think more confusion than ever around you know what is legally 
doable or not doable and uh, lawyers are usually kind of in between saying we can't say yes maybe no so it's probably no uh, but so so they're helping on that one but 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 what they're doing as well is they, they are actually sharing data so some of these larger organizations public and private are actually sharing data for yes. people to try on and they are sharing algorithms you know they share, they're sharing tools you know so so they have they have these um, i guess open source uh, thinking because it is for the greater good of ai development in the public and the private sector in this case or sweden but with connections to the rest of europe you know and and the, this is kind of a volunteer organization that can be sponsored some some obviously need some money they get some funding from from the government but also some private funding from some of the larger members but you you can come there as a startup you know you, you can test you can try there is some hardware you can run it on there is but more important there is a data set and, and there are algorithms that you can test and tweak and tune you know and and just for the, I guess, greater good, you know, to, to increase, you know, the, the knowledge uh, to be more successful on AI in any type of dimension. And that that's the whole purpose. So you're saying it's an open source AI algorithms that you can uh, test on, but then also like take with you? you more than open source. So, some of them have actually given their own proprietary algorithms into this as well, you know. Okay. Uh, so but but they but so people can then what they call fork it right so yeah. they can take what they've done fork it do some what's called transfer learning take the the weights that have already been trained add more data to it increase the accuracy or mold it towards their business angle and go on that is fantastic ai sweden i love you you can go there and you can actually you know you have platforms you have data sets you have algorithms you can test your idea so you don't have to start it's, like yeah. invent the wheel from the beginning. At least Absolutely. You, yeah. you get the yeah. materials to build the wheel instead. So what, yeah. what's going to happen? Nobody knows. Hopefully, some cool stuff coming out of it. But yeah, I, I mean, you, you, again, you know, the, the, the only kind of um, parameters you can kind of put on this whole market is you have a look at the number of AI papers that have been produced over the last ten years, right? Or machine learning or deep learning papers or whatever it, the hockey stick is just incredible and then these guys are now going to work in it organizations another parameter is you could look at the number of developers that nvidia have in general for cuda then you have a look at the number of developers or downloads of a cu dnn which is their uh, library for deep neural networks which is baked into all of the main frameworks and and so on lots of works um, but you know that is just—it's just—it's not going to go any away anytime soon. Kids do not go to university to learn how to play games. Play games on your own time, okay? You need to go and learn computer science and data science and further it as far as you can be bothered. To be honest with you, before you start getting snapped up into a job and earn that money. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's very good, Jack. You know, yeah. I was a police officer in an earlier life. But yeah, then that, I that's a career, career tip of the day. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I like it. I, and I certainly agree with you on that one. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, and it's just, I, I, I'm absolutely amazed with, uh, with what is, what has been capable um, over the last few years. Uh, and I'm so excited for the future, generally. And you, you mentioned about all of this sharing, all of this collaboration, the data science community as a whole, um, I mean, calling out to you guys, really, you guys are fantastic. You're producing some of the most groundbreaking research out there. Um, we want to help you be more efficient in what you do. 
And we're not detracting from what you do as a core job. We just don't want you to mess around with anything underneath the framework, you know, between the framework and Linux. Right. Let's help you just, just get that accelerated, get that time to value and get that paycheck. <laughs> get those extra shares in that startup get that extra equity you know it's it's just you'll get there 100 percent. and i mean we had, we had a, i mean uh um nicholas you and you and i were on another kind of swedish uh recording in, in the summer and we had a one of our customers were actually not 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 from the IT, but the the professor of data science at, at this university, mm-hmm. and, and he talked about you know because they they are different you know projects and are different professors you know and of course you know they have different budgets you know, and 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 they bought a shared infrastructure uh, solution, uh, and 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 he was professor of data science. This is not an IT operations guy. He's not even close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, the value he saw, instead of them buying their own box, maybe under 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 the you know the desktop, they actually bought a shared GPU uh, farm with, with shared storage and of course a fast network connecting. You know because he said that gave us so much more speed and flexibility because we, now we're right now they're automating all this so they can provision it and they can share it you know across different. So when when you run your your jobs you know you get so much more power. So he said this is an amazing solution for us yeah. as data scientists. You know it it right. helps our research and our students, you know, right. not that we as infrastructure geek things, of course, of course, you want to buy, sell you shared infrastructure because we make more money. That's one thing. Of course, you want to do that. You know, we want to make some money, not as a data scientist, but still some money at the end of the day. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. A little bit, a little bit, you know, a little bit so we can, so we can yeah. play. But, you know, he said, you know, no, th- this is really bringing value, you know. So, so one of the things that we, we are going to be sharing in this and AI Sweden network, or they're going to be sharing, is actually how they automate the provisioning for different research groups, you know, so they can dynamically, wow. uh, which is an open source algorithm they, they are they are writing. And you know? I so, well, like, yeah, that is very that is very cool from an infrastructure perspective as well. But I just want to add that if I remember correctly, what they did with this platform was a lot of things, but but one of the things that they did was train these. Uh, these algorithms they had on, like you said, Jack, before, it's pretty easy to do facial recognition and stuff like that, but they were doing it on tumors, uh, on x-ray pictures and stuff like that, and uh, to, to automate that and make that faster, uh, the, the analysis of them. And for the, for the ones that the AI flagged... I think pathology, I think, is the research area, isn't it? Pathology. Yeah. And they were applying AI to pathology. And do you know what? I don't know. So what, what are the Swedish laws around um, patient data? Can it leave the hospital? It's, it's interesting because that, that was one of the reasons they would absolutely not put it in anything type of public cloud at all, period. But then the, the actual, so you go for an MRI scan, yeah? Um, and you, or you go for a CT scan, you go for an X-ray, whatever. That file, is that shared outside of the hospital? So how do you then say, um, so they're, they're building this pathology environment, right? Digital pathology. And they say, right, I've got 10,000 images because I've got an open source data set for this particular cancer. How do you increase your accuracy by having access to over a million patient data, 8 million patient data, the population of Sweden patient data? How do they do that? The, the, I mean, that, that, that's, I guess, where, where the law uh, is sometimes, you know, slowing things down, you know. So they, they have a special data set now they are, they are allowed to use. 
which is in any way anonymized, you know, so, so you can't figure anything out, you know. But yeah. obviously that, that will not scale for the future. So, so what, what they're doing is they, they are talking to, to the, uh, the legislation of, of, you know, the lawyers and, and, and their government as well, saying, you know, that the laws, that's actually one of the things this organization is doing. Like they're talking to the legislation yeah. power, you know, the government, or, uh, and, and they talk about the laws have to keep up with yes. in, in, in two ways. You know, you, you yeah. can't get crazy and, and, you know, violate every human right. You know, that, that's one aspect. Yeah. On the other hand, you can't stop everything because then you will not get the progress, you know. So, so, and and I think we're pro- probably more in the stopping phase than in the allowing yeah. phase right now. But so, so they are working on that one, saying, okay, can we do more sharing of data? Because that that would be a huge greater good if we're able to do that, you know. And 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 so and what I guess if I told I, you within within reason, you know. We, I think it, I think if it's kept, you know, within the Swedish borders, you know, things like that, you know, it it yeah. it probably will be possible. But the legislation, the law, is not keeping up here right now. Exactly. So what if I told you it was possible to train a neural network for one particular cancer with every single patient data across the entire Swedish nation? So what you should talk to them about is federated learning. This is a concept that's relatively new, but um, so we're actually involved in a project in the UK with King's College London, the NHS St. James Hospital and various other uh, NHS trust um, institutions in the UK. Essentially, what they do is they take an open source model, right, or an open source data set or a data set they've been allowed access to by the hospital collaboration that they have, that link, yeah? They train the, 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 say, five different cancer models, yeah? They take those models, they then deploy them to a different hospital. So just the models, no patient data is transferred because you can't garner anything from that model. You then have the model with similar infrastructure at the hospital so it's fast storage fast compute fast networking you then retrain that model yeah with the local data and you can also use the model straight away if you want to once that model is then grown it's got additional weights because it's learned more from the data that's had at that, that new hospital you can then transfer the changes from that model back to the mothership if you like and then once you then start spidering that out to all different hospitals, bringing all of those changes back, you suddenly have a data set or you suddenly have a model that's trained by several million patient, patient data, data set types. Wow. So cool. That is smart. Because when I talked to Air Sweden yeah. today, you know, just a couple of hours ago, I said what the one of the projects they're starting up now is federated learning. Thank you. Let's help them, and, and you know, we've done it right. And you know, and we use a, a a variety of our technologies to enable that. So whether it's Metro Cluster, whether it's our ONTAP AFF Flex Clone Flex Cache technology, um, you know, data sovereignty, security, encryption, all of the kind of wonderful bells and whistles that we have as a glorious NetApp. You know, th- those kind of powerful elements can be delivered and that alongside the compute elements the frameworks that have been built around federated learning specifically why reinvent the wheel right it's going to be in english sorry about that but you guys speak fantastic english anyway as a nation and i love you guys um and i love the food as well i must say uh, and it's such a shame that i haven't been in so long now and you know it feels like years anyway that the last time i got on a plane <laughs> but uh it, it, seriously you know that i i said to you before 
the area of the the most significant societal impact with AI is going to be in the medical space. Let's lower the age of where mandatory scans are made are, are sent out to each individual. Let's catch cancer sooner. Let's catch it at stage one, not stage two, three, four. Um, and let's you know, cancer together. And bleep cancer kind of is our ending to this episode. Thank you guys for uh, for being uh, being here and talking about uh, uh, AI and all the infrastructure parts and uh, how to get started and the challenges and everything. Uh, it's been super interesting. Uh, and uh, I look forward to a possible uh, episode two in AI. Thank you so much, Nico. Pear, it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, ben, I'm keeping this mic. Thanks a lot, bud. All right. Take care, guys. It was, it was fantastic. It really was. Thank you. Till next time. <laughs> Bye. Yep, and thank Thanks you very soon. much. Take care. Cheers. Cheers.